Hey everybody, welcome to the Canadian Job Search Podcast. My name is John Rubero and I will be your host. I'll be interviewing recruiters, hiring managers, and experts to help you land your next job sooner. Just a quick reminder to download your high converting resume template that's been proven to get you more job interviews at resumetemplate.canadianjobsearchacademy.com. And if this episode resonates with you, then remember to subscribe, comment, and share. Thank you and welcome to the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Canadian Job Search Podcast. My name is John Rivero, your host, and we've got a very special guest with Ramit Saluja. Ramit Saluja is a recruiter in the BPO presently. She has extensive recruiting experience of over five years. She believes in the principles of trust, freedom, and honesty. It's been a year since she's moved to this wonderful city called Toronto, which she now calls home. Welcome to the podcast, Ramit. Thank you so much, John. I'm delighted to be here today. And I know that, you know, you and I, we, we've had a few different conversations and I know that the information you're going to provide to the audience is going to be fantastic, but just for clarity, can you explain what BPO means? Right. So BPO is a business process outsourcing. Uh, we basically uh, place candidates in various financial banking industries, uh, telecommunication industries in their customer service roles or financial uh, representative roles. Uh, that's what a BPO does. Excellent. No, and that's great because I just wanted to get some clarity around the industry and the industry that you work in. So yeah, no, for the listeners that are listening, financial, telecom, I think you mentioned IT as well. So we've got a variety of different industries that you cover. And I know a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast are going to be, you know, just overwhelmed with the information that you're going to provide today. So I'm really happy about that. Same here. I I hope I can make a difference today. (laughs) For sure. Uh, So, you know, let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit about your backstory, because my understanding is you're also a newcomer to this. You know, you talked about it's been a year since you moved to the city of Toronto. Tell us a little bit about that and what your journey was like. For sure. So um, I moved here with the idea of, um, you know, moving up the ladder in my career. I really wanted to explore the opportunities outside uh, my own small world that I was a part of. And that really made me move here. And honestly, um, I did not I did not have any job before I moved here. So after after I moved, it, it definitely took some time for me to figure out what I wanted to do and how the industry looks like. But it, it has worked out well for me, and I hope it does for others too. Honestly, talking about my industry, I've always been a people's person, and I think this quality pushed me to take up a career in recruiting. Uh, it's really important to build connections with the clients, with the organization that you're a part of, and with your candidates. Uh, sometimes I also feel that maybe being a part of this industry has made me a people's person. So it actually works both ways for me. Nice. So you coming into this environment, not, and not too long ago, just recently, mm-hmm. uh, what did you find was really different for you? Or what was the, one of the things that really stood out? I mean, uh, here in Toronto or, or in Canada, if I can go... Uh, to a larger uh, space. I say it's a candidate driven market. Uh, There are abundance of job openings and numerous opportunities for candidates today here. Um, And if you do have the required skill and if if, if you do have that expertise uh, in your area, I think you do have options to choose from. 
um but if if you are at a stage where you are just starting your career i think you should focus on where you see yourself in the future so start by setting short term goals for yourself and and then work on improving your skills eventually nice and that's important so um yeah and setting those short term goals is is perfect cuz especially in today's market you know one of the things that we're starting to see is you know the roles or assignments that people are giving are more contract based and you know full time working for these organizations so you got to start thinking about what does that path look like for you in the next 2 3 4 years mm-hmm. and then you start building out from there so that's good that's so based on what we've seen and you know given that we're in a pandemic market like we're we're now a year uh, just over a year i think it's just over a year since we officially announced the pandemic here in canada mm-hmm. what would you say has really changed in from a recruiting perspective when it comes to uh, the the job market today i mean in in the beginning of of uh, the pandemic uh, year there definitely were scarcity of jobs it was difficult to find a job or stick around uh, you know in the current role that you're a part of but talking about it uh, today i think the market's opening up again uh, there are a lot of opportunities available um, and as you rightly mentioned even if it's a contract role i think that will be a great addition to your profile um in fact contract roles are even more challenging and it kind of gives you a vision if um, you know you like the role that you are in whether you like the organization that you're a part of so uh, whether it's a contract or a full time position and in today's uh, today's market where there are more contract positions available i think one should be open to take that up Yeah. No, and that, and I, and I'm 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 really happy you mentioned that cuz one of the things I hear from from a lot of actually even some of the listeners is you know, I don't necessarily want to go into a contract role because it's short term and I don't know what that means and you know, there's really no commitment for the from the organization that they're going to keep me for a long time. But it's great that you mentioned how it is a new challenge is a great way to build up new experience but it also gives you the option to test out the waters with that organization because it could be that you know the organization is not necessarily the best and you have the options to move on to other organizations so just thinking about contracting and taking contracting roles it could be beneficial if if you think about it from a long term perspective because at the end of it it's just a blip right like a, a blip in in the in the ocean that we call our careers uh, and then we move on right i i so, think so too yes and i think it's equally important in today's uh, days where a candidate is just not looking for a role but an overall experience with the organization mm. whether they fit in the company culture whether they like being in the team that they are a part of along with the skills that you carry so that overall experience is really important for a candidate in today's world and i think a contract position just gives you that nice Excellent. So thank you. No, that's great. So just uh and I'm going to write that down for those of you that are listening. Candidates are looking for an experience and that might be you and you might be thinking about, yeah, I want to have that experience as well. So yeah. thank you for mentioning that. So mm-hmm. what would you recommend or suggest is the best way for a job seeker to reach out to a recruiter? Um I think you have to research about the role firstly that you're interested in research about the company where you see an opening and see if it fits 
in your goals and vision in life. I think that's the most important step that one has to take. Just because there is a job opening, um, I don't think you should immediately uh, go towards it. Uh, find out if it if it really helps you build up your career in the future, and uh, if you'd be able to commit yourself to it and not quit midway. And once you identify that, I think you should uh, try and uh, you know set up these introductory calls with with the recruiters or with the professionals in the same field or in the organization that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Understand the roles that are available with them. Understand how the work looks like or how, how your day will look like if, if you potentially join that organization. I think these introductory calls really help you uh, dig deep into the role as well as the company culture. Nice. So, and, and, and what I'm sensing, what I'm hearing from you, Ramit, is it's really on the employee that has that's empowered today, right? So it's up to you to decide whether or not you want to join this, this organization, which is a, di a slightly different perspective given where we are with, with mm -hmm. the market, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I really like that you mentioned that because it's one of the things that I believe as well. As an organization is interviewing you, you're also interviewing them to see if they're a good fit for you. Right. Definitely. It is a candidate driven market, as I told you today. Yeah, no. And that's excellent. So and that's great. So reaching out to recruiters, just be personable, be authentic, be genuine are some of the things that I heard. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things I am hearing from candidates is that, you know, they, they're complaining that they reach out to recruiters and they never hear back from them. Uh, why do you think this happens and what can a job seeker to do what can a job seeker do to grab a recruiter's attention <laughs> i mean being on that side uh, i i will have to defend uh, the recruiters too um, of course there there is a lot of load on the recruiters or or the organization to fill up these positions or uh, there there is a continuous flow of um, candidate pipeline with us sometimes it does get difficult to reach out to each and every one personally but we do look at your emails we do look at um, your messages on linkedin so make sure that you are able to create that impact uh, make sure that you are really open in your communication in terms of what you're looking for uh, what's the reason uh, to connect with a recruiter mention that briefly i think adding that personalized note really helps in uh, in in getting the traction of uh, the recruiter and uh, and wait up, wait for a day or two. The recruiter will definitely get back to you, whether it's through an email or again, whether it's through your LinkedIn messaging. Um, but do follow up on the third day. Uh, that also kind of give, gives a sense of uh, interest from the candidate. So after two or three days, definitely get back to the recruiter asking for an update. And if, if there's anything that they need, uh, which can help speed up the process. So try and build that connection. And of course, be yourself, be, be well prepared. And I think it, it definitely helps uh, get the right traction. Excellent. And, and, and I like how you mentioned that, you know, do the follow-ups. And I think it's one of those things that people typically, they just let them slide because they mm -hmm. think, well, you know, they don't have time for me. And I've even heard some candidates say, you know, why would somebody want to respond back to me? Anyways, right? It's just me. It's one person. They're probably inundated with thousands of messages. As you know, I, I can imagine that would be the case. 
But I guess if your note is appealing enough and it says mm -hmm. the right things. So let's dig into that. So what specifically would you be looking for if you were to accept an invite or connection request or some sort of messaging from a candidate? What would be some of the things that you'd be looking for specifically? That's a very good question, John. Um, so I am if, if I was supposed to connect with candidates, I would probably expect them to reach out to me with the role that they have in mind or the role that they've come across on, say, job portals or the company website. Reach out to us with a specific role that you are interested in. Um, I've had candidates who reach out to me uh, who just send in their resume and probably ask me to figure out uh, or, or, you know, line them up for an interview, uh, which I think suits them best. I think that's, that's a wrong approach. In today's competitive world, uh, you will have to, uh, you know, step ahead, look at the role that you're actually interested in and try and reach out to me for that particular role. And I think that that's the best way that a recruiter can respond to you at the earliest because even a recruiter wants to close positions and mm -hmm. even if a recruiter uh, really wants good candidates in a short period of time so even when a recruiter has clarity about what a candidate is looking for uh, they will definitely get back to you either with a yes or a no or whether there are opportunities available for that particular role or not and, and actually as you're saying that some of the things that are popping into my head is from an ATS perspective, so the application tracking system, mm -hmm. how much of like, so how many, like, from a percentage perspective, how many candidates is the ATS actually filtering out before it gets to you? Do you know, like, do you have a rough idea from your perspective, from what you've seen? Um, I think the ATS filters out resumes only when there is missing information or uh, the job description and the resume don't match at all. So mm -hmm. what, what I would suggest here uh, is don't apply for jobs that, that has no mention of it on your resume or the skill that is required for this role on your resume, right? I think ATS just sees that. Um, it, it's really difficult for a resume to directly reach uh, the recruiter. I think the first step that a recruiter follows is through an ATS, filtering out resumes through an ATS. So yeah. uh, a few suggestions on that as well, John. Uh, keep working on your resume. You know, update your resume each month. Personalize your resume as per the job description, as per the job requirements, and work on your resume yourself. Each and every word on your resume you, you have to resonate with it and you have to personalize it according to the job requirement. Yeah, and that's a great point. And I like how you said that because, you know, so I, I know there's organizations out there uh, that are very big on resume services and they'll write your resume for you and they'll put all these elaborate words and keywords in your resume. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you have to be really comfortable with the words that are in your resume because you're going to have to speak to it at some point. And exactly. if there's language and yeah, and you know, if, if there's language that you're not necessarily comfortable with, but you're putting it in because it's hitting certain keywords mm -hmm. and then you show up in the interview and you're like, I don't know what that word means. Like, um, it could be problematic, right? So I, I really like how you mentioned that. So, you know, spend time, make sure you definitely have a good understanding of what's in your resume, even if you're going to decide to use a service, but be really comfortable with that content.
Right. So, I I wouldn't say don't use these uh, resume building services, John. I mean, they are great. They are offering mm. great services. It's just that uh, follow the templates that they give you. Follow the suggestions that they give you. But write your resume on your own. You have to be yeah. comfortable with the words that you use. Make sure that all the relevant information is available on your resume. Uh, sometimes I see resumes where uh, there is just a name and your skills. I mean, how do we reach out to you if I don't see your contact information? Yeah, and that's a great point. So, so, and actually, I've got a question because this is one of the things that we recommend and suggest mm -hmm. is putting a LinkedIn profile in your resume. Is that something for you? Would that make it easier for you to connect with somebody and kind of learn a little bit more about that? Um, honestly, John, if if I have a name of the candidate, it's 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 really easy to look up a candidate on LinkedIn with their names. So mm -hmm. I would prefer to have their phone number or their email address where I can reach out to them directly. I, okay. I would prefer having that more than a LinkedIn profile because I know I can look up for a person on LinkedIn with their names. All right, excellent. So, but you, what I'm hearing is if they have an email, they have a phone number and they have a LinkedIn profile, even better, right? Like even that better. just makes it even yes. better. For yeah, sure. so hit all of them for sure. <laughs> yes. And, and so, and, and that brings me to my question. Actually, there's two other questions that are kind of floating in my mind. I want to make sure that I ask them. But the, the first one is, you know, when it comes to LinkedIn and from a job seeker's perspective, how important is social media presence for you, the recruiter, as you're going through somebody's profile? It definitely is important because your resume and your LinkedIn have to talk to each other. So there they cannot be any difference uh, in, in both of these. So if you're mentioning something on, on your resume, we'd like to see the same on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a public uh, platform. And if, if there's something that you've mentioned on your resume, we expect to see that on a public platform as well. So both of them have to go hand in hand with each other. We would love to see your experience, your detailed experience on LinkedIn. Uh, try and build those connections on LinkedIn where uh, you have feedback from your previous employers, your previous peers and colleagues. I think that really adds value to a candidate. And I'm really happy. So you're talking about the recommendation section inside of LinkedIn, correct? Mm -hmm. That's right. So having that in advance, you're saying actually adds a lot more value to their profile because now you get to see it. Um, and that's fantastic. And, and actually, you're the first recruiter to say that, right? Like everybody talks about having a complete profile, mm -hmm. having a lot of information in there. But I believe you're the first person who's mentioned... You're the first person who's really mentioned about having the recommendation section in a person's profile to stand out because then it just makes it easier for you to learn a little bit about them, right? That's right. It makes us, it, it makes it easier. And also it helps us uh, understand that person deeply uh, because there are certain personal attributes, which you of course cannot portray on a, on a platform or on a resume, unless, uh, you know, a person talks to you directly. And that only happens say in the second or third round of interview. Uh, so having these recommendations, having your peers acknowledge you for, for your accomplishments, that, that definitely speaks a lot about a candidate, even if it's one or two, but it definitely um, is something that adds value. Thank you. No, and that's perfect. And, and that's actually, and that's great because 
Uh, it's one of the things I talk about, but it's not very, it's not many times where somebody actually validates that that's actually an important part. So that's great. So you just mentioning that just validates, you know, you have to have a complete profile. You have to have all those things in there. And the recommendation at the end of the day, as a recruiter, one of the things you're going to validate with an employee or a candidate is you're going to check the references anyways, right? So you might as well get the references in advance. So by the time you're actually going through the interview process, there's already things that are there that kind of give the hiring manager and the recruiter an indication of you know who you are what your personality is like and what other people think about you and in, in terms of your quality and your value mm-hmm. so that's great so so yeah no excellent so from your perspective what are some of the most important things that a hiring manager you know based on a recruiter a hiring manager would be your client what do you think they're looking for today in in today's in today's candidates um so as as I uh, mentioned this before, we're just not looking at the skills of a person. Uh, if if I do a random LinkedIn search or if I, if I go through my job portals and if I just uh, type in a few keywords of the skills I'm looking for, I'm sure we would definitely get a lot of candidates. What the hiring managers are really looking at is how you fit in the company culture. Are you somebody who carries a positive attitude? Are you somebody who is willing to commit yourself uh, to this role and to the organization? Uh, they're, they're looking at you as, as yourself. So that's really important for you to be yourself even in an interview. And, and it works both ways. Uh, if, if you are yourself, your hiring manager is more comfortable in talking to you and they'll definitely give you a few more insights about how the team is or um, how the leadership looks like in the organization. And you also can decide if, if this is what you're looking for, if, if it really matches your goals and visions uh, when it comes to an organization. So it definitely works both ways. And to stand out, I would say, be well-prepared, be yourself. <laughs> Excellent. And, and I like how you said that, you know, be prepared, be genuine, be authentic, right? Everybody thinks, or, or from what I've seen from candidates, you know, they, they think they need to respond in a certain way because they think that's how the hiring manager or the recruiter wants them to speak and, you know, say things. So it's great that you're saying authentic because that's what's really going to make you shine as you go through this. Yes, so, it is a very important quality. So on the flip side, what are you starting, what are you seeing are some of the most common mistakes that job seekers are making? Um, first and foremost, uh, not showing interest. Um, mm. If you just send in your resume um, and, and you expect uh, that they'll definitely reach out to you or, um, you know, you, you are a shortlist and that, that's in your head. I mean, for you think that you are a shortlist and your work is done after sending a resume? No, you have to follow up. You really have to show interest. You really have to show the recruiter. Uh, I mean, take up every job interview as your last interview. I would say that. Uh, take it up as, as that's your last chance and that, that gives you a chance to put your best foot forward. Nice. So I guess a big part of it or what you're seeing is you know, people submit a resume and then that's it. You never hear back. There's nothing else. There's no engagement. There's no back and forth. There's no networking. So keeping, keeping that piece alive is really, that's the thing that's going to make you stand out. And, 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 you know, above all the other candidates that are also going through the process today. Right. So yeah, that's fantastic. 
build that connection whether it's with the hiring manager or the recruiter if you if you've had a really uh, pleasant conversation with them make sure that you convey it to them uh, just drop them an email uh, stating how how pleasant it was to have a conversation with them how you enjoy talking to them and how you're looking forward to know the next steps be authentic again you being positive definitely um, helps here it definitely brings out the the sort of uh, person you are also so yeah build that connection have that relationship with the recruiter and with the hiring manager but that being said it doesn't mean that you know you you send them a message every day you know <laughs> a, a good morning a, a good evening or or following up each and every day no that also is a strict no give them some time because they definitely want to assess your profile better they really want to um, take some time to think about the position and a suitable candidate so just give them some time but definitely uh, build that relationship and let them know how how you felt after the interview excellent so and, and what i heard from you earlier was just give a 3 day buffer in between right so don't uh don't inundate the the hiring manager or the recruiter with a call every day and say, hey, what's happening? Did you make a decision? Um, so that brings me to another question. In terms of the actual recruiting cycle, are you seeing that there's been a change in that with COVID? Or is that relatively the same as it was pre-COVID? Um, the only difference here is you don't really have to take an effort to travel uh, to office for these interviews, and sometimes which involves two to three rounds of interviews. I think that's the only difference mm -hmm. where you are, uh, you know, in a comfort zone at your home. And uh, even if it that involves, say, a couple of rounds of interview, you are open to it. I think that's the only difference where now. Uh, we are conducting these interviews on a video platform or sometimes even just on phone and um, i think what has changed is the immense trust that even the recruiters and the hiring managers have on candidates now where they no longer feel to see that person uh, you know live hmm. no and that's good so and actually i want to just explore that a little bit from an online presence because no longer and, I, and you mentioned it we're no longer going into the office i don't think anybody's going to be going into the office mm -hmm. to be doing any sort of uh interviews soon so okay. from that perspective what are you looking for specifically when somebody's presenting or interviewing on video um just just uh just sit in a quiet and a pleasant environment um, make sure that you do have a designated space for you uh, to work and to interview. I think that that really impacts on your interview process too, because they really like to see if you are able to work in the quiet environment, whether you're able to focus and give your 100% towards the role. Uh, so they really need to make sure that you have that space and that setup uh, where, you know, there will not be any distractions. Mm hmm Oh, that's good. And I, and I like how you said that because the interview kind of sets you up for what you might, for what the, the work environment might look like once you're working for the organization. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm guessing having a messy background with a bed in the back and clothes all over the place is a bad idea, right? <laughs> that's right. But having said that, I know we, 
sometimes a few candidates have limited space uh, in mm -hmm. their homes, uh, but at least make sure that you know you at least have a table and a chair, which is which is somewhere in a quiet zone, and and there are no distractions around. Of course, yeah. not a messy background. Um, uh, having that space for yourself that you are in a work mode. Yeah, and, and I never thought about it like that, you know, kind of it being set up for how your work environment is going to be in the future mm -hmm. and giving your future employer an opportunity to see where you're going to be working, how you're going to be working and whether or not you're going to be in a distraction free environment. Right. Um, yes. And, 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 and I, I think, know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So go ahead. I, I also think that you should dress up well for these interviews too. I mean, in, in today's times, you don't really have a lot uh, uh, to do outside. So I think take up these opportunities to, you know, dress well, uh, present yourself in a better way. And I, I would say that even uh, while you're working. So if, if you've been hired and if you've started working, plan your day where you wake up at eight in the morning or seven in the morning, dress up like how you, I, how you would dress at work. I, and I think that really gives you a motivation and you are quite dedicated to to your work as well yeah no and, and that's a great point because you know from what i've seen people just we're working remote you know for the most part i think you know 90 percent of the time i'm wearing t-shirts right so, <laughs> and it's just so you you just get into a groove of ah uh, dress shirts and all that stuff like that's kind of gone away mm. um but it's nice that you mentioned that right because as you're going through the interview it's, it's, you know, there's only one chance to make a first impression. So that first impression might as well be a good one. Right. That's so, right. yeah. And, you know, like you said, you know, treat it like a work day, treat it like you're going into the office, like you're going to meet with somebody mm -hmm. and you're going to be at your best. You want to show up at your best. You don't want to be showing up with, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with t-shirts. So, you know, depending on the field that you're working in is, you know, if you're more creative field, like that might be acceptable, sure. but by doing your research, understanding the company culture, looking at their website, you kind of get an idea and a feel of what they're like, uh, what the company culture is like and what their dress code is like too. Right. So it gives you a really sure. good indication sure. of how you should be dressing. Cause you know, I've been asked, you know, should I wear a suit and a tie? Mm -hmm. I said, well, if you look at the website, what do you see? Right. Like that gives mm. me for myself. That's what I, I kind of think about. If nobody wears a tie on, on their corporate website, mm -hmm. then you don't need to worry about wearing, wearing a tie. But it, yeah. it comes down to your position as well. So definitely. And I would just say be presentable. I think that's what yeah. everybody can go with. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, given where everybody is with, you know, their COVID hairstyles and everything, it's, you know, it's, it's been interesting for sure. But yeah, I know if you need to get a haircut before your interview, go get a haircut. True. Um, yeah. No, being presentable and being clean at the end of the day, that's, you know, it also says a little bit about you and your character and how you take care of yourself. Yes. And yes. It's a good indication. So excellent. Thank you. So, so Ramit, you, you've given us some really great information, some really great insight. If people wanted to get a hold of you and if they wanted to learn more about you, where could they go for information? Sorry, I, I didn't quite catch that, John. Sorry, no worries. So Ramit, you know, as we start to wrap up this, the podcast, if mm -hmm. people want to learn more about you, where could they go? Right. So I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me by my name and I'll also share my LinkedIn URL with John. Um, I'll be happy to connect with each and every one. And if I can make a difference, I, I would love to do that for, for everybody. 
Excellent. So be careful what you ask for, because I know people will start to reach out because, you know, we're, we're starting to get a lot of responses from these, but that's excellent. And, and I love, I love your dedication to just helping the community out there. Cause I know it's one of the things uh, that you, that you like to do. And, and it's part of the reason why you're on the podcast. Cause you know, if you weren't open to sharing information and really serving back the community, you wouldn't be here today. So I just wanted to mm-hmm. say thank you for that. Um, thank and you. with that, <laughs> and with that, I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening in to the Canadian Job Search Podcast. Wishing you all a great one. Talk to you all soon. Take care. <laughs>